Welcome to Ask the Accountant, the podcast that is made for you. Weekly podcast live Mondays from 8.30 a.m., released on the podcast service of your choice on Wednesdays. Your main weekly hosts, Aaron Patrick and Johan Gary. Got something to ask? Submit your questions below or ask during the show. Podcast loading. We are currently getting everything set up behind the scenes. So sit back, relax, and we will be with you in a few seconds. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody, and a very warm welcome to Ask the Accountant, your weekly podcast, 8.30 a.m. every single Monday morning. And I must admit, Johan, I think we've got to up our up our intro i think I, I like it i think it's catchy i think it's you know it's got some oomph to it but when you compare it to ashley's homemade he made it himself and you get what you put in and oh, i feel like we're, we're we're below the pecking order on that one we need to figure out how to uh, uh, up on that one Johan, how was your weekend you had a good one had a good week so far yeah, uh, I had a very nice weekend, very chilled and relaxed after dealing with a HMRC in-person inspection on Friday for a client, which was a total waste of time. The moment we said we use QuickBooks, he said, well, why am I here? It's like, I don't know. You tell me. You you booked the meeting. Um, but yeah, no, that went very well. So, you know, it doesn't matter how confident you are with the processes and systems. When you get a letter through and your client need, and they've got to have an in-person inspection for compliance, you're you're always nervous and anxious about it. So um, it doesn't matter how confident you are about the outcomes, then you've got to deal with it. Um, so yeah, two two days of R and R. Watched the Grand Prix, which was yeah, it's Monaco. It's always a bit crap, um, and then. Uh, yeah, fairly chill day today as well planned. Um, the, my question for you is, if we've got to up our intro, which one of us can play a guitar and which one can sing? Because I don't think either of us can achieve either of those points. Well, I own a guitar, if that counts. I mean, I can't play it. <laughs> I've been trying to for the past 20 years. But yeah, um, you, you're absolutely right. I mean, we don't have enough talent between us to... Uh, <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. There, so. We'll uh, yeah, leave um, it with uh, Ashley to continue doing his great work. Or is this a chat GPT plugin somewhere that we can... <laughs> can we have a new intro, please? Question mark. <laughs> Upload loads of photos of both of us, create an intro video using these photos, and then create backing song to go with it. Yeah, with catchy song, please. Yes. <laughs> I've, I've, I found if you're polite to chat GPT, you get better results. That's, uh, oh. that's all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the Bing one that I'm using definitely. Um, good morning, people. We've got Paul already in. Hello, Paul. How is it doing? Uh, Merlin's in as well. Hello, Merlin. Good morning to you too. And John. Hello, John. What do you guys think of the QuickBooks tax announcement last week? <sighs> oh, come on to it. We'll come on to it. Yeah, we spoiler alert. <laughs> no, but no, we'll definitely be talking about that, John. Don't you worry. Um, and Paul, how is the weather with you today, Johan? Hope the sun's finally turned up. What, what's the weather like? Go on, like, weather you watch. Know what? To be get fair, sort of buttons. Since I can... Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> I need another camera just to go Johan's weather. <laughs> um, since Thursday, to be fair, we've had pretty much blue skies and sunshine. We cannot oh. complain. 
even even when you're at the uh, at the fat inspection, the vat didn't bring the you know the the, the rain with him or anything. No, no, he uh, turned up, disappeared after two hours. Could have made it probably make him disappear within an hour if my client stopped talking. Um, it turns out when he gets nervous, you get verbal diarrhea. <laughs> um, but yeah, which meant so I I went up and stayed in Dunkeld for a couple of nights because of the trip. Took Claire and the dog with me because it's a nice rural scottish highlands so they could go walking and stuff like that so yeah he was in at 10 gone by 12 and i spent friday afternoon in the beer garden very nice. much relaxing so yeah. in the sunshine so i cannot complain nice nice he was you were saying how with quickbooks he was really happy and excited i wonder if, if it was anything else like maybe zero or something he might be 40 percent less happy with that but, you know. anyway episode, <laughs> wouldn't like to say episode number 32 the date is 29th of may 2023 and good morning Kirsty, to you too and probably less we talk about the musical thing on the quickbooks labs the better so if you know you know but um yeah um it's Let's so just bad, it's good. Finest editing hour. Um, yeah, exactly. You got it spot on there. Yeah, it's so bad. It's good. Can we just defend anyone on people per hour or Fiverr? We didn't pay anyone to do that. No. <laughs> Aaron did that himself. Yeah. Funnily enough, thought... he's not getting a, promo, <laughs> a professional rating on Fiverr. Funnily enough, yeah. Um, I just thought that you uh, QuickBooks might have a a thing or two to say about the legal teams i thought we'll just the money we spent on fiverr we'll use to defend any legal because <laughs> i don't think they're that bothered i mean it's an old old logo if anything so yeah yeah we'll uh, we'll put that money to good use all right we've got lots to talk about and including quickbooks's new announcement and we'll talk about that but first of all starlin's had a bit of an update so starlin one of uh, the banks that's Marmite at the moment is probably best to describe it. Um, we do love innovation. That's what it's all about, right? Um, and we do love the idea of using spaces or what, what they call in the other one. We've got spaces, we've got envelopes, we've got uh, what they're, they're all different types of names yeah. on all different solutions. A place to, to put some money um, in a much more um, sophisticated way without having to go and create extra banks and you can drum up as many as you like and we've talked about it before and it is definitely something we really like we love the concept of spaces it comes with challenges as from a bookkeeping point of view um especially if someone makes payment from those spaces and we don't see them coming through the bank feed there's items like that and i know starlin's looking to fix that with quickbooks uh and i assume with the rest of the uh bookkeeping solutions but they came up with a new salute or a new uh update new innovation new whatever you want to call it and they're calling it split payments so the idea is that when money gets received into your bank account or your bank account if you're using starlin then you have an option to go through and automatically split it in the transaction itself uh, either by percentage base which would be really powerful things like vat and tax saving um, or you get to split it on an individual basis and put the rest in there now Johan, we were talking behind the scenes and we both had the same moment when we first heard about this. You know, is this going to be compatible? Are we going to have more headaches when it comes to bookkeeping and everything else? But I'm glad to say that I've tested the solution and I can say that from a bookkeeping point of view, it's just doing as you expect. The money comes in and then two other transactions or however many other transactions comes through. So my question to you, Johan, A, 
what do you think to the future? Do you think this is a something that everyone should be adopting? Is this something that goes forward? And a follow-up question is, does this make you yearn even more for that fable almost there of QuickBooks Bank and what, what we were promised was coming from there? So go for it, Jan. What's your thoughts on it? So I think in theory, this is a great tool to help accountants and bookkeepers educate their clients into good behavior of set a rule on Starling, every pound that comes in, X amount of pence goes into a VAT pot, X amount of pence goes into a corporation or personal tax return pot, etc. Love it. And then when it gets to that period, when you file your tax return, with whatever tax it is, you take your payment from there and whatever's left over is your treat. That's your spending money. Um, so in theory, I love it. Very good for anyone that's trying to practice uh, profit first, which is a money discipline by uh, Mike McCallowitz has written about several times and talks about a lot. So yeah, from that point of view, absolutely fantastic. My initial concern was, as you said, Aaron, like ultimately, is it tracking this properly? Because we all know when it does its little rounding up thing of if I spend $9.99, it doesn't allocate, it doesn't track that penny that it moves into a saving pot properly. So that was my concern was this is going to make bookkeeping even more of a mess. It sounds like it's not. It sounds like £10 comes in and then you get a transaction for £2 going out to your VAT space or whatever. That's great. My only wish is that they'd, instead of prioritising this, is they prioritise reporting on those spaces first. That's more important. If they can get that reporting on spaces right, they can do anything they want with those features of automatic splitting incomes and stuff. That's not a concern for me, um, but they need to get those spaces right. Yeah, 100%. And I know, like, <clears throat> I have seen some, I'm trying to think of NDAs and stuff, I think I'm okay, but I've seen some behind-the-scenes workings of these spaces being connected and everything else. But I think the danger is always going to be with these spaces is it's not going to be an automatically just appear on, on your software. It's going to be more of a, some form of admin to get it connected um and it for me like the whole idea of spaces and everything else i absolutely love and i think you know if you can discipline your clients or at least teach your clients about using spaces they're going to be in a better position just as you said there yeah i mean i always remember back to a client of mine who she was more of a like agency for kind of different influencers type thing and and had lots of pots of money for different things and basically she had 105 different spaces um and 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 not rightly so because every time she received money for a particular you know project or whatever it was she'd screw it away in there and that's what she would spend on that particular project and in her bank she had like 100 quid left because that was what was left over right and even though she was having all this money come through she was very acute to the fact that She's getting a lot of turnover, but she's not making much profit. And that's when we can start working with them and helping them and, and, and you know, micromanage for them and give them some advice. But until she saw that spaces concept, she was not aware of it. She was just seeing all this cash flow coming in and everything else. So from a discipline point of view and from helping teach clients those fundamental basics, absolutely amazing. I'm just worried that all of these little innovations that come in, everything that's going to keep coming forward as, as they start bringing in these new ideas, are just going to give us more and more headaches from a bookkeeping point of view. And that detracts from what it should be. Um, you know, I mean, it, just with this, 
Go, go I need it, to throw yeah. a cat in the pigeons here. Go on then, go for it. I've got a client who, when they came to me a couple of years ago, were in all sorts of cash flow nightmares. Actually, it was just money discipline. So we yeah. told him, put a bit here, but he's using Starling. We've just come to do his year-end accounts because um, his year-end was the end of April. Yeah, Check us out. Within within a week, we're off getting bank statements. Very exactly. happy with that. Because Client Engager told you that it was a... Uh... Yeah, it could be something to do with Client Engager telling us to crack on. Um, but what we do for year-end, regardless of whether someone's got anything connected to QuickBooks, Zero, Free Agent, wherever it is, we send an analytics request mm. to get a year's worth of transactions. We sent that to our client and it came back listing his main account and all the spaces and like gave us a bank statement in effect for every single space. Through our so that data is available on an open API. Ooh. So who's where's the problem? Is it actually Starling or is it with QuickBooks Zero, Free Agent, etc.? who haven't built out to this new API or what this new feature set in their API. Well, the, the thing is, if the, if it's a client using a regular space, I don't think this is going to be a problem because it will be that extra admin of them having to add another bank account. Okay. Yeah. That to me feels like a fair enough, like compromise, you know, you go in, you add it, everything's done. But if I go back to my client with 105 different spaces, and they're creating spaces constantly and, and updating them and yep. everything else. That's not going to work, right? Like, that's no. a lot of extra admin. I mean, she's creating a rob for her own back in the way she's doing her work. But it, she shouldn't be penalized for doing best practice, right? And I think that's yep. the position we unfortunately fall into. Yep. I mean, this client's just as bad. He has got, so I'm just looking at this now. He's got uh, May 2022 to April 23 corporation tax. And that's on top of the May 21 to April 22 corporation tax. He's got a new pot for every VAT quarter. And he just closes the old one once he's taken the money out of it. And yeah. it's like, well, actually, from an admin point of view, if you just called it VAT, yeah, it'd probably be a bit easier. But the benefit of these um, pots is he's gone from being in debt with everyone, including HMRC, to two years later, invest having free cash to invest in pensions and stuff like that because the pots have helped his money discipline. So, yeah, if I can pull through the pots on analytics, then the mu that data must be available. It's just how QuickBooks and Xero and Co. handle that. Oh, there's another new pot. What do you want me to do with this? Yeah. And with you have to uh, remind me of our listings, but do you get it through as a bank statement, but then do we have the option then to CSV file it in? Could we then treat it as a bank or? So, yeah, PDF only? so you, get, you get a PDF and then you get a CSV file with every single pot in it. Yeah. So we can upload and, you know, you can't do this in zero, but we could take that balance and reconcile using the QuickBooks reconciling tool um, every pot to make sure we've got it right because occasionally money goes into the wrong pot. You know, it happens. Yeah. But... Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. All right. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. I, I see that there. And yeah. So I like this feature. My only, or, or 
kind of thinking back to it to that original point though the one thing this brings me back to is when quickbooks announced their bank and they were talking about pots or envelopes mm-hmm. they were calling it and they had two really exciting features right the first one was an automatic envelope so you could state and almost put rules in place or however you want to class it but a rule in place that if x amount of money comes in say you know client income comes in then 20 percent automatically goes to a vat pot for example um that seems like that would be the next logical step for starlin to look at and, and bring into there my question to you though would be would you see any benefit if there was like a an accountant's only access where we can't move money outside of businesses but we can move money around pots would that be something excited for you and i suppose if they did give us that would we need to see that some sort of linked back to quickbooks that we're doing in there how how would you feel about that i think it's not as much whether we'd want that functionality as whether our governing bodies or our insurance providers would allow it but if we're not leaving the bank, because remember, spaces never leave the bank. So we're not paying anyone. We're just... No, but those spaces can be used to pay. So if I move money and then someone misses their direct debit because I moved that money into a different pot. I see what you're saying. Right. Then are we liable for that mispayment? I, I think whenever you start dabbling with client money, it's a very murky space that most people don't want to get into. Um so yeah, I'd I would leave it to the client, but yep. the ability to sit there with the client and a create their spaces with them on their phone in a, in that meeting. You put the word spaces in front. Yeah, and then to sit there and go right, let's come up with some rules. We know if, based on your VAT returns of past, on average, every ten p of money that comes for every pound that comes in goes to the VAT man. Let's set up a rule of 10p because give or take, that's going to be your VAT bill covered. Like to have that, the value it offers to that business is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And then another one for personal tax, another one for corporation yeah. tax. You could, you know, you could really help a client every time income comes in. They're, the, you know, I mean, it's not going anywhere. They could move it back if they need to, yeah. but it's just that first bit. Of it's not restricted or anything, but. You have to think twice. It makes you think twice and you feel a bit guilty about moving money out of the VAT pot to go into the main pot. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. All right. Okay. I think we got onto a winner there. Yeah. Sam couldn't agree more with you. So, yeah, that's good. I can't remember what point that was, but yeah, well done. Well, you <laughs> sort the reporting of spaces out first. Oh, brilliant. Okay, brilliant. Uh, Paul says, even if there is just an accounting mapping option in the integration like you have with Izetto, or the like is all we will need. Yeah, and like Johan said, the API is already there, so it's just a plug in and hope for the best. Uh, Andy says, I've seen that too with Analytics, 25 spaces, and you know I can't handle complexity, so handed it over to Liam. Well, yeah, I mean, that's another option, just pass it to a team member. Can you tell Andy put his back out yesterday and he's struggling to sleep because it's 10 to 9 on a bank holiday Monday and he's on here. Speaking of bank holiday Monday, Ashley says, it's bank holiday, you should be chilling. Guys. We Consistency pays, Ashley. Come on, yep. you know this. is We learned this from you. Like This was <laughs> right here because you told us to be here. <laughs> Andy says, in QuickBooks, zero format. So good. Cheers for that, Andy. All right, okay. So I think we've spoke about that enough, but... I- exciting new innovation right mm-hmm. we like that we like that a lot and we just wish wish that the quickbooks um bank would have appeared at some point but 
alas. Okay, first of all then, or let's talk about a bit of public service announcements with our favourite topic, HMRC. So this is more that people can understand it more than anything else. So for anyone out there who has um, a nice, sophisticated quick book, uh, uh, a little <laughs> tax solution. So we're, we're using KPM at the moment for our personal tax. They have a fancy new feature where you get to connect to HMRC's APIs and get to bring in some information directly into the tax return. So the one that's really useful is bringing in P60s, P45 information. It's actually started bringing in some pension information in as well. Originally, it was designed to bring in things like a self-employed income support scheme, although it's not really relevant anymore. But we're hoping to see more and more of these, what HMRC already know, basically, to come in. I mean, imagine the dream that CIS contractors, for example, got to bring in that information, that sort of stuff. And we love this feature. And last year was a huge, huge benefit to us. And that made it so much more efficient. You imagine the fact that we didn't need to ask for P60s and P45 off every client, or at least we weren't waiting for them, even though we remind them on a regular basis and we're doing all the good things. You still had some clients who just, you know, for whatever reason, were holding back that information. Well, the fact that we were able to collect that information directly from HMRC prepare draft accounts or draft tax returns as we needed to just made life so much easier and when it rolled around to this year and everyone was getting all excited about getting as many accounts done as possible i was a little bit frustrated because every time i went to obtain the information nothing was there um i should have remembered and i've you know and told me behind uh, 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 before the show that this was the same last year but that information is not available from hmrc until the 6th of june so they're calling it the reconciliation of PYE and will generally start on the 6th of June, but it does differ from individuals. So it could be later than the 6th of June. I mean, question to you, uh, Johan. I mean, this is a real-time information that we report in PYE, yeah? So remind me what this delay is. Why are we, uh, what, we are almost three months now into it? Like, explain to me what I'm missing here, what I'm, I can't, like, why, why this has to wait until the 6th of June when surely this should be available the 6th of April? I mean, you're right. It's We get penalised for not filing on time because we're, we're breaking their real-time information. And that real-time information is being used in real time for things like benefits, etc. So, yeah, why, why is it not available constantly and a bit, you know, constantly up to date? I can only assume, because HMRC have got a million different systems, someone's got to spend three months with a floppy drive taking it from one computer and putting it into another. <laughs> That's all I can assume. But, yeah, it, it, typical HMRC, nothing talks to each other. Like, the fact that my HMRC VAT inspector on Friday said, look, you know, I don't blame people getting annoyed for people for the absolutely appalling customer service. I work for HMRC and I can't get the information and things done that I need to get done because it's all on different systems with different people. Um, so yeah, like the guy even presented us with a warrant card and said, Oh, proof of ID. If you ring HMRC, they should be able to validate this, but I can't promise anything. Should <laughs> like, and we've had it in, in the past where we've rang HMRC to validate someone that's come in on off the shop, off the street to uh, hand in like debt notices and stuff, and they can't validate that person has ever worked for HMRC. And it's like, Great, well, what's the point? But it's because it's on a different system. 
So yeah, real-time information, it's there. I, I know they're utilizing it extremely effectively for the benefits system because they will be the first people to reduce your benefits um, when you go over your normal allowances. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it must be another system that doesn't talk to this system. It just like common sense says it should. Um, but yeah, it is ultimately, in theory, it is a great facility. But as we saw in a recent article on Accounting Web, like over 77,000 tax returns were filed early April. So people want to do their returns quicker. But HMRC systems don't facilitate that. Yet they get upset when you keep leaving it to the last minute. What what do you do? Yeah. I mean, some good points in the in the chat. Um, it's called Tax Calc, uh, sorry, HMRC Fetch on Tax Calc. And Andy says early year update timeframe, which is probably where the 6th of June actually comes from, thinking about it. So, yeah, spot on. And yeah, uh, Paul's saying exactly the same thing. It's there. But I mean, if they're waiting for the end of year, tax uh, frame to pass then why not wait all the way up until the benefit in kind thing passes as well so it's just inconsistency isn't it i mean when this first came out it was an absolute you know, game changer for us right we had the opportunity to be able to extract the information and you know it is more useful for those clients who are dragging their feet that you your star clients are already going to send that information in as soon as they get p60 they'll upload it to your um, crm portal job done right most clients who are in that bracket not gonna this not gonna affect um the the bit that this really helped us out was those last minute clients who just came along as long as you got the p6 uh, the 648 in place you're able to extract that information and it made the process so much quicker and cleaner without its faults though i mean i don't know if you've ever tried to re-authenticate it or at least update it or at least um connect it to another client you have to go through putting your your personal uh, passport your personal driving license and your personal and the, the, we're talking about me here and, and you yeah and if yeah. you're going in like that bit just didn't make sense to me that was weird like why were we putting our personal information to get our clients information when we're not connected to 648 in any way it was odd right yeah. but that's that's the the hoops we were made to jump through and we you know we, we passed through those hoops um so it was without its flaws but yeah the it's like typical hmrc right it's two steps forward three steps back right and it is you know we've got to we've got to find ways to make this this cleaner and better for going forward surely definitely yeah and as you say it is two steps forward three steps back for you know the the reason we didn't even bother using it last year was the constant authorization issues and the time delay like i've been issuing different coding notices to some clients for the last three or four months and they just don't arrive in the post yet other clients have arrived in the post and it's like and the clients rang hmrc they've confirmed all the addresses are right and they just don't arrive and you just kind of think well with all of that how much value does that bank uh, hmrc fetch feature actually bring like is it saving us all that time of being author getting through the authenticity uh, authorization the 648 process or do we just ask the client for the records because the moment i file a tax return and the client's forgotten to tell me something they get a letter saying you've not declared this this is actually this is our recalculation so if hmrc are going to make my life difficult i'm just going to say to the client look this is everything you've declared to me 
if HMRC have anything else on record, they will send you an updated calculating for, calculation and we go from there. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of almost forces our hand, even though we don't want to do that for client records and keeping them clean and squeaky, yep. do we? But if we're forced to hand our hand, what else can we do? Exactly. You know, it's always that point as well, isn't it? As an agent, why don't we get to see the same that the client gets to see? Like, why do we sometimes have to convince a client to sign in on their behalf so that we can extract the data that we need? Why is a 648 not enough for us to just do that anyway? It's, yeah, it's it's been been broken. We mentioned there about posts. So as a bit of a segue, one of our cool friends, and she was in the chat earlier, I don't know if she's still here, um, put a interesting point on linkedin that we thought we'd best make sure everyone's aware of so she's titled this letter so this is sam by the way uh, sam mitchum um she's titled the letter dear hmrc custom uh, revenue and customers why do your vat penalty points letters only state the client's vat number and not the business name to have to search our systems find out who a letter relates to before we begin re to read it is um rather annoying yours faithfully accountants everywhere She's got a good point, hasn't she? Have you seen these letters come free? Oh, yeah. We, we've had a load that are inaccurate to start with. They were filed on time. So we're now going to have to appeal all of those in writing because that's all you can do. Well, first of all, you'll yeah. find out what the client is. Well, yeah. Once we found who the client was, we then realised this shouldn't have been issued. Um, but a prime example of this. So I was on a Facebook group the other day. A bookkeeper who's not VAT registered got this penalty letter through. I just went, has anyone seen these? I'm not even VAT registered. How have I got a penalty? And then, and we, we kind of went, actually, it's not, although it's got your name and your address on it, it's not you. It's your client. And if you search your client records for that VAT number, you'll find which client. Uh, yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. We should have known this new system wouldn't have gone without a hitch. Um, but yeah, I've, I've literally got a pile here of six penalty notices that I need to appeal because they've just, I don't know, don't know what's happened there. Don't really care because I've got all the data in QuickBooks. I can do some screenshots of filing dates and times and I can send them off. So my, my question is, cause I, I haven't had one, so I don't know if they also, do they relate to any notifications you've had online? Have you had any, any, um, Nothing. emails through or anything no 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 nothing like that it just gives you a date of the letter being printed so to be fair it only took a week to arrive which is quite good for them and scotland as well and it's scotland yeah <laughs> um we've literally just date vat registration number period reference my name and address at the top we've issued a vot penalty you get one point. Once you've got four points, we charge you £200. Whereas in this case, the point probably shouldn't have even stood in the first place. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I mean, I don't understand where HMRC is coming from without the left names and stuff. Is this a new initiative they've got? Is this data protection or? There is a sentence here. If you're an authorised agent or representative, Please use the VAT registration number to check if this notice applies to what you or one of your clients. Go to gov.uk and search VAT check. Mm. So there's no reason for it then. It's just a 
Well, it must be just for their way. I, I assume the clients had one though that's uh, got their name and address all over it, but it's just our agent one that comes through like this. That's right assumption, or is this not? The I've case? not seen a. I've not seen one that's been sent directly well, to a client's client. Not brought someone over to yet. Um, this is purely the ones that we've been sent, which makes a change because you know what? I've noticed recently HMRC aren't very good at CCing in or copying in. Um, Authorized agents. So, yeah. for example, we should have received a letter at the same time as my client in regards to the VAT inspection. We didn't. We only no. knew because the client rang us. I, I mean, in fairness, in my opinion, like going forward, yes, they've still got this this whole issue of having to send letters. So they're not going to get around that, right? There's a, a requirement for them to anything like penalty points and everything else they have to do by letter. It's a requirement they've got to send. So keep sending them to the clients, that's fine. But why do we as agents not get some sort of online portal that we can see these letters come, you know, these emails come into? Surely that makes more viable sense for us. And then we could use clever software to API link in and attach it or whatever, you know. Create why can't we appeal online? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, why do I have to sit here? I've got to go to HMRC later. They've sent a... They've decided to find my client for not paying his corporation tax on time. We've got a copy of his bank statement. He's clearly paid it on time. He's clearly used the right references. They've just not allocated it properly. So that's phone calls with the client, phone calls with HMRC, writing a letter, printing it out, going and posting it. And I'm going to have to wait six months for a blooming response, knowing HMRC at the moment. Uh, it, it's just, it's crippling our industry. Yeah. And, and and their solution is let's close down more phone numbers and calls uh, call centers and everything else. Yep. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, there's nothing else we can really talk about it now, but it's just a PSA to anyone out there. If you are getting these random VAT letters without, um, without any client names on or anything else, then maybe it's time you get a decent CRM solution or, uh, you know, where you can quickly put the number in to a search bar in the top right hand corner and find out what your client is. But, Unfortunately, you've, your hands are tied if you don't have anything like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, as the uh, chat says, it was you as well, Sam. Yeah. Thank you very much for your topic, um, even though you didn't actually let us use it, but we stole it anyway. Uh, Paul says, also, why don't we have the online form tracking service as an agent like clients have? Not sure if you've seen this yourselves. I've never played around with it from a client's point of view, but yeah, if it's anything... Uh, like some of the other online solutions they have at the moment. <clears throat> I'm not 100% confident it works, but yeah, hopefully it does work, Paul. And if not, why are we not got access to it? And like uh, Mark says, expect to reply by 2025. Oh, innovation coming through already. Yep, template response letter in, in C. Yeah, maybe you type the VAT number in, automatic generates it for you. Yeah, gets it. Well, so we've already got a, we've got a PDF generating tool in client engagers so yeah i can create a template in there to be fair we've pre-populated with all our usual spiel that then pulls in through placeholders everything else and we can add anything we need to add in a little section we do something similar for uh, styling bank they're quite good at the moment for requesting an account a letter from an accountant to say that yeah. this business yeah. is genuine so within a couple of clicks i've got a letter from a template with all the placeholder information to say what we need to say, print it off, or we we kind of print it off and send it in an email. 
or we just leave it there and we notify the client that we've uploaded it to their portal and they can do with it what they will. Interesting you said placeholder there. So that's a great segue to our next topic that's omitted placeholders, which if client engager can uh, bring it in, you would have thought someone who, uh, and we'll talk about sales figures later, but with uh, considerably deeper pockets have uh, failed to provide that feature in day one. I'm talking about the brand new ProTax and accounts production software that's been released by QuickBooks Online, um, noted by John, who uh, talked in the very beginning. What do you guys think of the QuickBooks tax announcement last week? Um, We'll be completely honest with you, John. We knew about it a long time ago, but (laughs) I got to play with it. Um, We've been playing with it for about two years (laughs) and breaking it. Thankfully, we got to uh, um, make sure they didn't release it in their first iteration, um, which would have, uh, yeah, would have been an interesting uh, conversation topic, to say the least. I mean, it would have been great for the show, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're going for it. So, just to catch everyone up, basically, QuickBooks uh, have become feature parity with the likes of Zero and Sage, because I'm pretty sure Sage's is pretty much the same one. If there's any Sage experts out there, do tell us otherwise. Um, but uh, they have released their accounts production software that does FRS 105 and a pro-tax, they're calling it, um, solution that they stole from Canada of all places, um, which allows the submission of the accounts to Company South and creation and submission of CT600s to HMRC. So first of all, great that this is out. Fantastic. This is, uh, we want feature parity. We want to, you know, we don't have to, choose between what software is right for a, an emerging firm or a brand new firm, for example, it now levels the playing field from there. Um, what's your initial thoughts on this? Uh, bearing in mind that this is version 1.0. Technically, it's like an open beta at this point, I'd say. Um, although I don't think they're actually saying that, but I think it is, you know, realistically, if, you, if you're going to adopt this early into a, a brand new product you've got to expect a few yeah. you know few ties to kick here and there haven't you so what's your thoughts on it Johan? what's uh what's your initial reactions well, i'm glad it's finally out in public and we can talk about it because we've been biting our lips for a long long time like oh, we know what's coming it's it's, it's going to be okay you know it's got a potential to be amazing um yeah look as i've said many many times i power our accounts production with QuickBooks working papers. Like every single client goes through QuickBooks working papers. That's our system. It's our flow. Our team love it. But where what they've released this week, it's not at the point that I can adopt it right now because it's too inefficient. It's more efficient for me to import into, in our case, we're the same as you, Aaron, we use KPM. So we would import into KPM, map out the trial balance, generate the accounts, post back the corporation tax, et cetera, into QuickBooks. That's more efficient than trying to use what they've just released. There's too many caveats. There's too many thinking points that I need to, or my team need to think about for us to see it as an efficient use of our time. Once we get some improvements in it, and there are a lot of improvements being spoken about, I would be very happy to use it. And 
depending on when it's all ready and whether we can then do SA100s, SA800s, etc. from it. At that point, yes, I would be stepping away from KPM to use the QuickBooks tool. But we're probably talking a few years away from that. Um, so yeah, at the moment, it's a start. I think personally, they could have refined it and got it a lot more powerful before they released it. I feel like they were under scrutiny after announcing it at QuickBooks Connect in March. They were under a lot of pressure to get it out, whether it was right or wrong. Uh, when I first saw that email last week when it first came out, I did think there'd been a boo-boo. I did think, ooh, I, I don't think they meant to send that email out. I don't think the product's ready from what I've seen. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, then social media jumped on it and yeah, Nick Williams was talking about it on LinkedIn and stuff. It's like, right, well, actually, maybe maybe they did mean to release it. And oh, dear. Yeah. I mean, if you are in the position where you're still creating your accounts via company's house and HMRC's portal, and you are having to go in and type in all the numbers and everything else from there, then, yeah, this is a huge upgrade, right? Like, if you don't have any form of accounts production software, this is fantastic for you and 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 if you're one of those practices who just has say handful of clients on zero handful of clients on on quickbooks handful of clients on on sage then you're in a position now where you could realistically not need accounts production software you know tax return personal tax returns are still going to be an issue for you but you could jump onto hmrc and do it via there if you really wanted to like if like let's say you've really just started out, you don't have the budget for an accounts production software because they are expensive, right? That's a, yeah. a significant investment investment when you first start out, and it is a you know it could be a barrier of entry to you know some practices starting out in the first place. This is a great solution for you. Now you've still got to very much know what you're doing. It doesn't hold your hand, um, and and you know I I love KPM and Capium or however you want to call it, like. I, I've been using them for years and years at this point, like 10 plus years now. Uh, is it 10? Yeah, it might be 10. And I've been using them that long. My biggest criticism of them compared to the competition is that you need to know what the end result needs to be. It isn't a solution where it will guide you to do this and guide you to do that, where we've seen it in the past or, or we've seen it with others where there's very much a much more slicker way of being able to, make sure the disclosures are right and you're going through and, and there. And KPMs is very much a case of, right, here's a tool set, here's a toolbox, and you can create whatever set of accounts you want, but you need to know what you're doing, right? That's what KPM's yeah. strengths have been. It gives you the toolbox, as they pop up behind me. Um, they give you the tools to box to it. At the moment, it feels like with QuickBooks, we've not even got the toolbox yet, unfortunately. Um, and that's the frustration thing, right? I'm... I'm, you know, looking at it as positive as I can and trying to make it use for use case for as much as I can. But you're right. Like at the end of the day, if I want to adopt this for any scenario, I've got to accept it's going to take me longer. I'm going to be less efficient at this point in time. And that's goes against exactly what this is designed to be, right? The danger of this at the moment is that if we don't get enough adoption and enough people eyes on it and using it and to get the feedback that it will take much longer to actually 
um, improve and go forward. So it's chicken and egg scenario at the moment, isn't it? And that's the difficulty that we kind of see ourselves in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but it's, I, out of interest, timed myself when I was playing around with this between using KPM and using QuickBooks, uh, QuickBooks ProTax. I, it took me five times longer to use QuickBooks ProTax, and it was a very simple set of accounts and tax return. It wasn't complex at all. Um, but I can't afford to multiply accounts production and tax filing by five times in time consumption. It just, it's not going to happen. So until they can sort out, you know, simple things like placeholders actually populating with placeholder information, then yeah, it's a no-go. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. And, you know, we'll talk about it in a plug for QuickBooks Labs when we talk about it in more detail, but the whole has to be purely 12 months issue that's going to be huge and that is not a fix that that can happen overnight there is no way that that's that is just a switch in the background to to be done because it's been like that forever so yeah that's that's a worry um from what we can see but you know the fact it's there the fact it's out is great it does you know it does kind of come back to that story before we've had where what a great time to start an accounting practice like Mm from Sage having the whole scenario, the whole suite, you know, you could do everything with them. Now Zero and QuickBooks offering pretty much, you know, comparity to that as well and more to come. Wow. Like, yeah, this is so much easier than it was, you know, even when we started and we had it pretty easy, let's be honest. Like there was a lot of software, a lot of choices. Um, So yeah, it's a, it's a great time to be thinking about setting up your own, um, your own watch call it sounds sounds good what we said from in the chat um kirsty's commented ash didn't seem overly impressed the other day still some gaps that you want automating yeah exactly right there kirsty and and yeah poor ash he was uh he was struggling for (laughs) to find enthusiasm for some of the solutions but you know it is it is the first uh iteration of it and i'm i'm sure more Good things have come. Well, I know they are because I've already seen some of the updates coming. Um, Paul says, definitely open beta vibes going on. What I've seen in my of video the other day, Aaron. Yep, completely agree. And Paul also says, things like the name mapping shouldn't take long to develop and hopefully less likely to break the important code underneath. Yeah, it's really hard. It, I almost at one point was like, I haven't mapped a set of accounts in 15 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever mapped a set of accounts. Software's always done it. Yeah, I mean, there was this whole... Um, when mapping first came out, it was this big thing about tagging and all this that, and the other. And I just, yeah, it just reminded me of, uh, of, of going back to those days of um, the, the fear. It was, it was basically the precursor to MTD itself. And it was that, that sort of, you know, an MTD itself. And that was that sort of fear of manga in the accounting industry. Um, and I was going back to that. And yeah, it was uh, interesting times had by all. Um, and yeah, AJ's got it spot on. Never been a better time for new practices. Yep, that is exactly it. And and it's not just, um, and what I love about it at the moment, it's not just the software they're giving us, it's the support as well. You know, you think back to the marketing training, like AJ's got there and, you know, all of that all sort of stuff. We're really in a, a boom moment, really, haven't we, in terms of being yeah. able to create a new practice. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting from a software point of view of, if I turn around to our team at Client Engager and said, look, I need these placeholders built, I know it will be done by the end of the week. Yeah, yeah. It, it is that simple. I mean, the developers will tell you it's not. And, oh, oh. <laughs> but 
ultimately, it's one of the simpler things they could do because it's just referencing information that's already there. Yeah. If anything, the fact that they've not been able to do this and we flagged the placeholder issue a couple of months ago tells you how constraint, how much constraint is on the development teams at these bigger companies that yeah. actually stops them from being dynamic and reactive. And and in fairness to them, like it's you know, client engages a really like impressive software, but it's still in its infancy. So like the levels of code needed to get to the point. I, comparisons must be huge, right? Like if you're yeah. comparing client engages to QuickBooks, right? So there must be a lot more complication there and there's, you know, and everything else. But there's I, also a million times more developers across the world. True. But the positivity or the positive bit about all this is the fact that this is their product. Like they yeah. built this from scratch. Yeah. They've not taken, like Zero did, a unknown tax software and plugged it in to realize, oh, it never worked before. It now de- doesn't definitely doesn't work now. Apparently, forty percent less now. Oh, oh sorry, yeah. sorry, yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe I should stop that joke now. Um, you always make that joke forty percent less times. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it. The fact they own it from start to finish means this they they could do what they want. And we've said before, like the exciting thing to us is this is the first step. Well, what can AI do? What can all that sort of stuff? Yeah. And, and that's where you, you have the chance to really. Um, see uh, the excitement coming through and uh, we did have a point here to talk about Intuit stock and uh, how they're doing in terms because we spoke about zero last week yep. basically there's they've got a lot of cash so I don't know how much <laughs> more we can say about that to be honest um, we're not Chris Downing who can uh, look into it in uh, a lot more detail so final topic of the day then I thought I'd do a little tech roundup because uh, there's been some interesting technology um, elements coming through one of those tech um, elements we're going to showcase at Digital Accounting Show is streaming setups and and our fancy new setup for um, doing the grid walk and stuff like that. So a bit of a personal plug, but do keep an eye out for that because I think we've we've got a lot of um, head scratching moments that we've had to overcome, haven't we? And I think that's where yeah. we'll be able to add some value to it. So do definitely keep an eye out of that. It's all about making sure you get your content out live like we are doing now, but in a remote location. So yeah, more on that. Um, But Logitech came out with a really interesting device here that I think personally could be an absolute game changer in terms of um, how we're trying to adopt the accountancy industry going forward. So Logitech solution for hot desking, it's basically a dock with a screen. So if you think about it, um, there has been a big push at the moment for solutions or or laptops and and, um, computers to have the opportunity to have one one wire to solve them all the idea that you can rock up to any desk plug one wire in and all your all your mice keyboards work your monitor works you get internet get everything so usb-c fundable however it's going to be and that trend has really taken off and the idea that you could just go from home to maybe an office and literally you're plugging into one and you can hot desk around it doesn't matter where you are really does appeal right instead of having to bring dongles with you and have to worry about compatibility and all that sort of stuff if you can have a solution where one wire plugs straight into your computer, your job done. It powers it as well. It does it all. Logitech's come up with a solution called the Logi Dock Flex, which will be available sometimes in fall 2023. So or autumn 2023 for us, uh, us um, English um, speaking. 
And the idea here is it takes that dock, that one wire to rule them all. That wire goes into your laptop. The cool thing about this one is it's got a built-in screen. So this built-in screen gives you the ability to do hot desking directly from it. So the idea is you can almost put code in maybe to say it's you or, you know, say that you arrived or anything like that. But that extra screen gives you the ability to well, have an extra screen if you need it. But what it comes really useful for is things like Microsoft Teams and all those sort of elements that can come into it. I thought this was a really cool idea. I think that the way it positioned in the picture I'm looking at the moment is it very much like an iPad's been stuck to one of these docks. So it's giving you that, that flexibility to go from there. Now, I know at the moment you've kind of fully gone remote and same as us, but we've found a few flaws in being 100% remote. And we are now looking at ways in which we can become more hybrid than, than ever before. We're still adding flexibility. We still want to have that um, option and that, that because it's a competitive market, right? For trying to get new staff in. So we've got to offer that. But... I think a solution like this could make that perfect, um, you know, opportunity for you to have that flexibility, that hybrid working office. What do you think? Have you been able to see it? Have you seen the actual concepts and everything? Yeah, so I had a look at the concepts. I couldn't work out how big the screen was. Um, eight inch. Eight inch. Oh, iPad so, mini side of like kind of into. I don't really see that as a second screen. Um, it is a video calling thing at best um and did they say how much it was going to be 699 dollars yeah you see for the sake of so i mean my setup as i'm sure yours is is a bit extreme aaron here so i have got two wires going into my laptop because i've got two docking ports because i'm running one ultra wide two standard monitors Three different cameras, two different microphones. Uh, it's completely and utterly unnecessary. But don't tell my wife that. <laughs> um, it's all all very important stuff. All tax beneficial. All tax beneficial. Um, you know, I'm running two stream decks. I've got a new sound gadget coming soon. Um, but if I wanted to set up a a work from like a co-working desk feature in, in our offices where my team all just have a laptop and they come in and plug in. I could do it for a lot less and ha have a lot more functionality there. So I could have a decent, you know, 24-inch monitor. I could have a, a dock. I could have the cables. I could have a webcam, speakers, and a headset. I could probably do it for three or 400 pounds, and it'd be more than sufficient. Do I need to spend £600 just to have my iPad mini on a little docking station? No. Right. I mean, in I'm... fairness, I don't think you're supposed to use the second screen as a, a full-blown monitor. Like, you are supposed to spend £699 and then buy a monitor. Yeah, you see. Whereas I can go out and get a cow digit for, what, 250 which will power two monitors and all the gadgets in the world. Like, I just, I don't think the screen on top of it, which is ultimately the only difference, actually justifies the price tag. Yeah. Just 
this might sway you one way or another. I, I, I think I know which way it's going to sway you. Um, you also need a £49 annual subscription uh, per desk. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. I thought that might win it. <laughs> no. I mean, is that for this hot desk in booking system? In fairness, yeah. Yeah, which you yeah. could then, you could use a third party instead. So, and then Microsoft would bring them on out. So, you could use yeah. it by team sort of thing. So, you don't and, have to spend the £49, but that is an option if you wanted to. Yeah, well, I've, we've got a client who is a co working space. They use a system called Skedder. Okay. Which is free of charge if you want it to be, and you don't want any of the posh features. But if you want to be able to bill and take payments for desk bookings via Stripe, then it's, I think it works out about 45 quid a month. Um, That's per desk or per? No, for the company. Okay. So this is per desk. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm not sold at all. I think it's kind of a cool idea. Um, and it might have its place and it probably makes it's probably about as gimmicky as you know when you go to hot desks or these offices there where they let out small rooms on a monthly or whatever and they've got the cool little skype phones on their yes. desk yeah that, yeah that costs extra to turn that on for you and link it to stuff it is it just replacing those kind of phones uh, ultimately it is isn't it that's yeah. what it is it's a it's your new desk phone isn't it which yeah put it this way when you sent me that link my banker card didn't twitch <laughs> <laughs> i sent you a lot of links yeah <laughs> yeah I mean... card didn't twitch for that one which is good because it's twitch for another enough of your links recently <laughs> yeah, exactly i mean at some point all this is going to be mute anyway because this will be what you're what you'll walk up to or you'll bring your own whatever it's going to be like this yeah unfortunately for you know for, for what it looks like at the moment this is the future we're not 100 sold on it yet but we can see that's where it's going to go so yeah it's uh i thought it was a cool concept i was considering it uh, i think you've told me out of it now though so yeah maybe we'll uh <laughs> we'll i'll just take commission on the savings you've made there don't yeah. worry I mean, you've thinking about it. It's for six hundred ninety nine pound. You probably get an iMac, um, and for the, the you know for the amount of people that or the little amount of time that get, the people use it, that's perfect, isn't it? They just rock yep. up and off to the races, and yeah, everything's all done and dusted. So yeah, swinging a miss, I think. Unfortunately, uh, Paul says um, totally agree. Use that already. To actually moving into a new office this week. Oh, nice one. Is there a vlog coming of the new office? I think that, uh, that'd be a good one to, to see that going forward. Won't be a single PC, just laptops and docks linked to monitors. I'd love to see it. Um, uh, pluggable USB. Yep, I think I've got the same 3.0. Yep, 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 yep. yep. So good, good recommendation there for just 100 quid. Uh, been yeah. able to get your uh, get everything connected. So six nine nine versus hundred two docks that I have. So I've got a pluggable USB three and I've got a cow digit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've got is mine cow digit. Oh, I can't tell you which one it is. Yeah, I uh, uh, and I've got an Elgato one as well. Um, I'm surprised you didn't go for Elgato, knowing you, but that's fine. Uh, and and, and Kirsty says Aaron was maybe shiny objects. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> Magpie, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly yeah. yeah. Aaron and I are just as bad as each other. Yeah, yeah. The um, let's put it this way: superduction wasn't a good thing for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oops. <laughs> Thank God that's over. Um, right, I think that's everything today. What a what a show we had for everyone. We had a a few nice topics there, diverse topics. If you've got a topic though that you want to talk to us, as I uh, try and um, uh, what you call it, try and stall when I get the uh, question in, uh, then please do use the link that I'm just posting to all the social channels now and put a little question in to ask the accountant that way we can uh, bring that topic on to the show even if you don't give us permission we'll might steal it anyway like we do with sam so you know that's the that's how it works all right um yeah and anything that you want to plug for this week anything exciting coming up no um no i'm just spending a bit of time this week refining my gear setup ready for account digital accountancy show um, we've got a lot of content ideas, haven't we, for that show and for the day after while we're doing a load of We've Got Cool Friend interviews. So that'll be good. So watch out for those. Um, but yeah, no, nothing overly exciting. I should be getting my hands on a beta for Client Engager this week, which could be huge. So if that is working, I will do some videos and tease everyone with what's coming up for Client Engager in the next week or two. Um, but yeah, we've got quite a huge development map that's lots of things are releasing in the next six to 12 weeks. So there should be a lot of more videos coming out on Client Engage in the coming weeks. Nice. That should be good. Should be good. I'm uh, I'm going back to my acting. Well, what's, what's after your debut? What's your next one? Acting second shot. Finale. <laughs> yeah, but well, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, we've got an interesting uh, filming session with QuickBooks in Birmingham of all places so nice. yeah um i get to pretend to be a dragon's den so I'm, uh, or dragon from a dragon's den so that should be uh quite an interesting little uh little thing to go and do something a bit different isn't it so i'm looking forward to that one and we're ramping up quickly to um what do you call it season aren't we back to digital accounting show as you already said and also the quickbooks roadshow so yeah sequel thank you andy thank you for bringing that one in uh, Paul, yeah, great show. Thank you. Thank you for the support. Thank you for, for coming along on a bank holiday Monday. We do appreciate it. And Kirsty, she's looking forward for a CR demo on, on Friday. Oh, so. I engage a demo, yeah. Normally I do a demo to one person at a time. In this case, I think I'm demoing to four or five. Um, <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. Excellent. One of our competitors has had a bit of a rough week for the Ooh. last two weeks. So all of a sudden, we've got a bit of a spike of demand. Oh. Oh, okay. I may know exactly which one you mean. Um, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you, everybody. It's been a great uh, show, as always. Thanks to you guys. You guys are the ones mm-hmm. that make this show what it is, and we really appreciate everyone chipping in and giving us your opinion. So enjoy the rest of the bank holiday, everybody. Enjoy the fact that we're going to um, uh, that we've got a shorter week, so we're going to be looking forward to that. And we will see you bright and early, 8.30 a.m. next Monday for another episode of Ask the Accountant. So it's a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Bye. Bye.